Hey, listen, fuckhead. Talk, you know, you, you, you can do whatever you want to do. You can put me on mute. You can turn the goddamn channel for all I care. What the fuck are you doing? And you're listening to us now. So obviously you didn't hit the fucking mute switch tonight, asshole. Uh, welcome to the Royal Grumble. I am Graham. I've got Daryl here with me. Hello. And I've got Dan. All right. All right. Uh, Facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Uh, we've actually got a Twitter, despite Daryl's greatest objections. It is Twitter.com slash Royal Grumble Pod, not Twitter.com slash Royal Grumble, uh, for reasons you might find out yourself. Uh, we've got an email. If you want to send us an email, it's royalgrumblepod at gmail.com. We're not a review show. We're not a news show. So let's talk about some news. Uh, Wait, do you know when you were saying about Twitter? Yes. I think we should. I know we're not going to do features, but we should have a feature for this week, which is Twitter account of the week. Oh, okay. Is Tess still dead? <laughs> <laughs> that is a personal favourite of all of our of all of ours. Is Tess still dead? I don't know. All right. Uh, should, should you want to check Twitter? Yeah, Just can, have a look. Can we check Twitter? Uh, Twitter? I checked earlier. He hasn't posted in a while. Oh. Not oh. since the last time when he had that one day break and everyone went mental. He sent the tweet afterwards saying. Uh, still yes, thank you, and then there's been nothing since. Oh uh, no! So maybe gonna, it's live. Maybe what? How are we going to know if Test is still dead? It were Easter recently, so maybe resurrected. Well, I'll well, tell you what. Let's check. Let's check anyway, just to be I, sure. I will check. Okay. This, is, this yeah. is really okay. great radio. This is quality radio. Are you kidding? Right. So load yeah, it up. I don't give a fuck. Uh, he's on Twitter. I'm not here to make. So radio. yeah, I'm here to entertain myself. I'll just. I'll just remind you all. Twitter.com/slash Royal Grumble Pod. There are no tweets on there yet, but probably by this time there might be. No, not yet. Are we just going to load up? Uh, 13 for the third. Yes, thanks, everyone. I still dead. Right, okay. okay. Well, at, at least we can confirm this is a Royal Grumble exclusive. As of the 13th of March, Test was still dead. Oh, dear. Um, the reason I mentioned about news is that we, we uh, had to talk... Well, we don't have to talk, but we want to talk about... Uh, Balls Mahoney died. Start talking to dead wrestlers. You <laughs> <laughs> just... Yeah. <laughs> We, we have no plans to set up Is Balls Mahoney Still Dead on no. Twitter, unfortunately. Um, Although, I've been listening to a lot of Balls Mahoney shoot interviews today. Have you really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a Satanist, so maybe he will resurrect himself from the dead and come back and murder us all. As Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I can't, it's, it's a funny thing with him and um, Axel Rotten. They were both so much younger than I thought they were. Like, terrible ages to die anyway. Obviously, they've done a lot to their bodies over their life, but um, I, I couldn't believe how young they were. Like, I think Balls was, what, 44? 44, yeah. Something along those lines, yeah. Unbelievable. Axel was probably on the, like, was he somewhere in his 40s? He was he? around the same age. Yeah. It seems to have been a thing about, especially, like, that group of guys from ECW, this, there was a lot of drug use and all the headshots. And to be mm. fair, he wore a Geordie, weren't he? So Newcastle Brown Ale. <laughs> that, that bad breed. Definitely a legit Geordie. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Something about Balls Mahoney. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because um, Meltzer was talking about Balls Mahoney. He was saying um, that, that basically it's him, obviously, and uh, Axel Rotten that we talked about. Mike Awesome, he obviously killed himself. Uh, and then Masato Tanaka, who apparently like seems to be pretty much fine. Yeah, Tanaka's like, Comparatively just... to what he actually did to himself, seems to be all right, which is... Almost like and still wrestling, I think. Yeah, still he having, does occasionally have matches. Yeah, still having good matches from what. I mean, I don't really follow the sort of Japanese scene in that sense, but like apparently still wrestling, having good matches. So he seems to have been the one that sort of like got away with it, basically. If you see, he was always the guy who took 
really hard chair shots, much like these guys. But Tanaka as well always took the awesome bomb like f- out of the ring, through the table. He did that a few times. They did a one-night stand, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, did, yeah. Um, Landstorm makes some interesting, interesting <laughs> comments about... Uh, uh, I'm glad you brought this up, Graham. Balls Mahoney. Right. Go ahead, Daryl. Yeah, so uh, Landstorm, uh, the internet's most miserable man, um, has done a fitting tribute to Balls Mahoney, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Graham's read this, but Dan hasn't, so this is going to get his natural reaction to this. So all this is the words of Lance Storm. Okay. It is with both sadness and frustration that I share with you the news of yet another wrestling death. Balls Mahoney, who I worked with in both ECW and SMW, died today at the age of 44. I would not describe Balls as a friend, although I have no doubt that is how he would have described me to you. I am not trying to speak ill of him, I am just being honest about our relationship. Balls was a very loud, overly friendly guy, who likely thought of and certainly acted like everyone was his best friend. Every time I saw him, he'd get so loud and excited and run up to me asking a million questions about what I'd been up to, while simultaneously telling me everything going on in his life. I am not that open and outgoing, and I've never been described as loud or excitable, which is why I never felt that comfortable around balls. <laughs> More often than not, sorry, listen, I really tried to do that without <laughs> laughing, but when he says I've never felt that comfortable around balls, I know where, I know where he's coming from. More often, more often than not at shows, I would try to avoid him. That does not, however, lessen my sadness. Perhaps in some ways it increases it. Uh, and then he just goes on and then it... Um, yeah, so that's bit RIP my brothers because he talks about Axel Rotten as well, but who cares about that? Um, yeah, so how do you feel about Lancelot's fitting tribute to Balls Mahoney where he basically goes, oh, you thought he were, he were my friend, but I fucking hated him. I mean, I suppose it's a Landstorm way of being nice. Where he's saying, like, oh, yeah, he was this big, friendly guy and stuff. I, I found it weird, but, yeah. Because the thing I was going to bring up, well, uh, I'll bring it up in a little bit, actually, if you've got anything else to add to that. Do not justify the way, like, the way that Lance Storm speaks about anything. No. He's, I mean, God. It's just, oh. Who, my my thought about that is, did he read that back and go, yeah, that's that, that's that's what I want to put? Yeah. He, well, in fact, he thought that, he wrote that, he read, read it back and thought, that's tweetable. Yeah. We'll send that out. Remarkable. Like RIP RIP balls. I think it's pretty straightforward that unless like it's inherently connected to somebody's death, that if you know after someone's died, you, you don't you don't say those sort of things. Like yeah, you've got to, you've got to have some diplomacy. I mean, like there's obviously there's been a lot of sort of wrestler deaths lately. There's a lot that could be talked about, but you if you I hate to go back to the old sort of phrase, but if you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything, even if you did work with him in SMW and ECW, whatever. Because if you're not keen on him, just say, oh, uh, Boswell has died. Sad, Because he clearly, he then goes on to say, obviously, uh, he's sad to see another one of his brothers die or whatever yeah. else like that. Which is fair, you know. Just say, oh, sorry to see it happen. RIP. You don't need you don't need the rest of it. Just leave it there. Just You're literally not being forced to type these things. No, but he must. He obviously feels like his his opinion's important. It's like it's almost like he went. Well, I know he is dead, but it's it's important for me to clear this up now in case people think we were mates because I don't want to be associated with him. What? Don't. What a nod. Yeah. Um, before we go into more, just going on about Landstorm, um, I want to bring up about uh, what guy that you guys are aware of, Dan White. Uh, yeah. He used to be one of the guys who ran one PW. Um, 
he posted <laughs> one a little, of the yeah. thousands. Yeah, um, uh, he posted a little thing about Bald Mahoney. Um, Listeners, I was not. I do not owe you money. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clear this up now. This is becoming a regular feature. Does Daryl owe anyone money? No. No. But anyway, uh, not financially responsible, so don't sue. So Dan White posted a little tribute and it kind of shows the character of Balls Mahoney and the issues that Balls Mahoney had as well as the actual guy behind it. Uh, talking about the To The Extreme shows when 1PW put on some shows as tribute to ECW, they brought over a lot of guys. Balls Mahoney was supposed to be one of them. Uh, to paraphrase what he actually said, uh, it was something to do with Balls Mahoney asked for his deposit uh, for half his pay early and then didn't show up to the shows. But then he did actually, unlike... A lot of other guys at 1PW never bothered showing up. He actually rang Dan White and had a long conversation with him and explained why he wasn't, why he hadn't shown up and everything. And Dan White posted, that's the type of guy he was. He seemed like a really good guy. Another one was... Um, Did they get the money back? I'm not being funny, but... That, that I'm not 100% sure. Um, right. Well, I mean, Dan White couldn't really sort of take a lot of superiority on that anyway, but... But it seems to I'm be sure a lot of the things right. where, like, Balls Mahoney was quite aware of his demons and they eventually got the better of him, sadly. And I guess all the chair shots and the drug use in ECW can't have helped. Yeah, and it also, also it, I've watched a shoot today with him versus New Jack, and that's fucking mental. Oh, that's <laughs> the one where, they, don't they have like a huge argument in the middle yeah, of it or something? Yeah, so they, they um, Balls Mahoney only agreed to do it if New Jack got searched before he went in. So I don't know how much of a shoot or a work it is, but he gets searched and they take his knives and stuff off of him. Fucking but hell. he's got this like lanyard hanging around his neck and it's got like his car keys on it or something. And I'm thinking, well, that could be a weapon, but he's obviously got more than my fucking car keys, so you're not taking them off me. But there's also something else hanging from it. He's only got fucking pepper spray hanging from it. <laughs> oh and then he stands up and goes, I will blind you, motherfucker! I will blind you! And then Paul's He says like, what, sorry? <laughs> I will blind... <laughs> right, and then Paul's Mahoney is stood there just going, all right, all right, d- do it. D- do it then. Because <laughs> I don't think he really cared for his life at that point. Jesus, that's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Mahoney's got a kid, hasn't he? Like a... Yeah, but he's also got no. He also had no teeth. Due to, er, due to heroin, heroin or methadone or something. That's I do. I, yeah, it's the methadone that does that. Yeah, I do remember. It? Yeah, I do remember. Then he showed his track marks on his arm, as oh, well, dear. from his heroin and heroin abuse or whatever. Yeah. That's what New Jack were mad at him about for taking drugs. I'm like, but New Jack, you're you're a killer. You've got you've got you've got you've got seven justifiable homicides, New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really set them all high ground there. Oh God. <laughs> he beat up an old man for stiffing him. <laughs> I fucking love New Jack. Jesus. New Jack, New Jack News of the Week. The news Jack. No, definitely not that. That's a new feature. News Jack. Weekly there. feature. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're coming up with it, by all means. Yeah. yeah. After I've explicitly said we're not a news show, we could yeah. be a New Jack News show. Yeah. Yeah. We're catering to that part of the internet. New Jack News. Brought to you, tw- well, not 24-7, but 24-7 if you, you just play it when you like. Yeah. Like, we don't mind. I guess, well, I mean, what... We said last time when we talked about NXT, didn't we? Is there anything else you guys want to talk about that's happened sort of this week? Because I know we're sort of trying to steer away from that type of thing. Um, yeah. Raw was pretty good. Go yeah, on. Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good, yeah. yeah. I was oh. quite pleased with the sort of reaction they got, considering they're essentially just like two bald guys with beards. Yeah. That could have theoretically looked like anybody. That was and that was my only issue with it. They, they, they just had jeans and t-shirt on. Yeah. What oh. else could they wear? Balaclavas. <laughs> Hooded guys. We need, yeah. we need more yeah, many balaclavas. Yeah. Right. To get more context on this, go have a look at what culture. Don't go have a look at what culture, I'll tell you now. Don't literally don't go. We go could do it. we could do a collaboration. We could oh yeah. Adam, if you're out there, right, which you are, you definitely listen to us. Uh give us a call. 
or send us send us, send us an email rawgrumblepod at gmail.com uh, yeah but for those of you who are considering watching Watch Culture I'll save you the trouble literally every single one of his uh, how I would have booked this and that and the other pretty much includes like men in balaclavas coming and attacking people he's also done a YouTube channel that's just what culture and he does movies and he's done one about how we did uh, done the Dark Knight Rises and, oh. I sh- and I shit you not there's many balaclavas are in you that. on the wind up why first of all who's rebooking movies <laughs> ah like I can almost sense like some of these sort of like YouTube channels where they're like what would you do if you were uh, making the next Batman movie or something like that that makes sense because that's like an original idea who's rebooking a movie Adam <laughs> clearly Adam Adam, yeah. Adam Adam from what culture Adam from what culture dot com that's his name yeah. Adam from what culture uh so yeah. yeah, Bullet Bullet Club. I, I quite like what they did. They kicked the fuck out of Usos. Yeah, They're pretty good that. To be fair, like I say, they got quite a good reaction, um, despite being badly. Although my frustration with it at the moment, and it's it's not a big problem. It's just something that happens every single time. These people who are like well known amongst the sort of indie scene are debuting. It's like, oh, they're they're the free agents from the free agency that are going to be the hottest free agent tag team in the world. And it's, oh, it's AJ Styles. He's the hottest free agent in pro wrestling, just like the last hottest free agent in pro wrestling before it. It's like, and don't, at least sort of, I think it was JBL, somebody expanded on it this week and said, oh, they've been like tearing up Japanese tag team divisions. So at least they put a little bit of context on it rather than just, oh, he's a free agent. He was free. He's just, so free and agenty, and he's bloody. Well, what do you want him to, to come say? Come to wrestling. Well, you don't have to say anything. If you if you if you're saying that's Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, okay, it's fine. That's who they are. We know who Luke Gallows is. He was in WWE anyway. You yeah, probably don't you want to remember you, that. Yeah, exactly. They don't but, want to remember Luke Gallows, do they? Yeah, but they don't have to bring that up. They just said that's who it is. Okay, that's who it is. Next. You don't have to explicitly state that they're all free agents because clearly they're not because they're in your ring. Yeah, but they were free agents, weren't they? Well, they were, but they're clearly not now. Yeah, so they were the hottest free agents when they but, signed. <laughs> but what about when AJ Styles? But yeah, but he was the hottest then. Oh, at that time. But now he's not a free agent. All oh, right, okay. So hang on, how how were AJ Styles and Austin Aries the concurrently the hottest free agents in professional wrestling? Considering one debuted on the Sunday and one debuted on the Wednesday. Because obviously one debuted on the Sunday. Yeah. And then it, then Austin Aries became the hottest free agent on the Wednesday. But what if it was the other way around? What if Austin Aries had? Um, like would he st- were they concurrently the hottest free agents? No, because you couldn't do that. One would be number one, one would be number two. Oh, right, and then okay. as soon as AJ Styles signed, is there a list? Because I, I think I could do with a website. Yeah, well, there is a laminated list, mate, but you can't have it because you'll just rip it to pieces like you do with Dolph Ziggler in your laminated list. <sighs> so, yeah, to bring his name up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing, yeah, one thing I wanted to say, which was um, something I thought this was related to NXT, but I think looking back on it, I actually forgot. Um, they did an interview with Zack Ryder. Was it on Raw? Or I I'll, can't remember. I'll be Ra- honest. I fast forward. <coughs> well, I can't remember if it was on the Raw after Mania or if it was actually on Mania after like a little while. And um, Zack Ryder said that winning the title at WrestleMania was the happiest day of his life. Which he's on the re- he's on WWE's show, so he sh- absolutely should be saying that because that's the, like the most prestigious title he's won. You know, he's as a like human being, he doesn't have any sort of kids or anything else like that. So. It makes sense. Dave Meltzer ripped him to bits about it. Said, "Oh, I don't understand why it's the best moment of anybody's life would be uh, would be about wrestling. I mean, the best moment of my life was when my kids were born, and I, I don't even understand. He's only winning a fake title. 
And like Alvarez was sort of like, well, you know, he doesn't have any kids and he's he is trying to play the character. Well, I mean, none of it. I do think he's full of shit though, because I don't think that is his best moment of his life, right? Really? Because you you guys know me, right? Yeah. And I'm a massive, massive wrestling figure collector. Right? Yeah. So is Zack Ryder. I honestly think his favourite moment of his life is getting a fucking wrestling figure of himself. Yeah. I would honestly prefer that to winning the Intercontinental Belt. So I think that's what. I think that's what. what You're probably right, actually. I bet if somebody sort of brought that up with him, he might actually realise. Yeah, I, I bet he prefers that more. Because that's literally like you can you can be a stat, you can be a statistic on a sheet, and you can be a a guy on um on a TV show, and not you know that's all a fantastic achievement. But like if you physically have a copy of yourself made in plastic by Mattel, yeah, that's something else entirely, isn't it? That someone can go and buy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't. I've seen. I, I did. I bought well, one that had his internet title with it. They actually made that. Oh my god! He wasn't allowed to bring it on telly, but they made, they, yeah. they got it in his figure. Yeah, of course they did. He'd have been. Can you imagine being Mattel and Zack Ryder is having a figure? But he'd have been phoning them up every day. Yeah. I've got a new idea for my figure. Yeah, we know Zack. Yeah. We, oh, well, this one can come with no, no Zack. We're not making any more figures. Of What's you. quite funny is they made him ginger. <laughs> I don't even know why. Probably just because he was phoning off every day and saying, "I've got a new idea for my figure." Yeah, we know Zack. <laughs> You called us 20 minutes ago. Going back to what I sort of brought up at the end of last week, we obviously intended to discuss the NXT TakeOver and didn't get around to it. I thought that might be a good uh, a good catapult for our topic this week rather than specifically discussing this week's or the most recent TakeOver because obviously we're a couple of weeks removed from that now. We could actually go on to talk about NXT as a whole in terms of We've not only had the most recent sort of most successful takeover, we can discuss different sort of qualities of takeover. And also, um, we've had, I think I counted seven, I don't know if anyone can count any more, seven call-ups. I've got seven Recently on list, from yeah. NXT, which gives us a lot to talk about in terms of who's succeeding, who's not succeeding, who do we think is going to do well, and is it working? Because I think there's an argument to be made that for some people it works better, for some people it doesn't. So I'll jump straight in there. If you look at, obviously, Gallows and Anderson debuted on Raw, and they made a pretty big impact straight away. Yeah. Having never been in NXT, did they have a more uh, memorable debut than Sami Zayn, who debuted on Raw, at sort of apropos of nothing, they played his music, and, it, and that was all of a sudden, yeah, now he's part of the... Part of the roster yeah so who well it's like because with Sami Zayn it was when Cena were doing his um, open challenge weren't it so it were all um, every every week were meant to be a surprise I mean I know some weeks you got Stardust but it was always a mystery weren't it yeah so like with him I think it it was it was kind of a big reaction but not well but not at the same time because like, I don't know because he, he, he came up had his match and then he got injured so there was, weren't really much follow up on it was well there? this is what I was I, I was kind of thinking more in terms of like I know it sounds a daft thing but he's he, obviously that was the first time he had a proper match on Raw apart from no he had a tag match with Adrian Neville before they had before they won the before they had the match for the it was the Fatal 4-Way wasn't it it might have been, yes it was yeah before the Fatal 4-Way takeover show but what I meant was, if you, whether you consider that to be his, his debut on Raw or not, I would probably consider his proper debut on Raw to be 
a few weeks before WrestleMania when he came out and attacked okay. Kevin Owens, um, which was good. Like, and he got a good reaction. I think it's hard to not get a good reaction with his theme music because I think it's so uplifting. It really suits his character. But then from there, he looked like he was starting to become a bit of the 50-50 club member until this week when he had that match with AJ Styles, which I, I don't know if you've seen it, Daryl. Or if uh, I've seen highlights of it because what I decided to do this week was watch Raw how Mocco watches Raw <laughs> which is um, just what, watch it on YouTube watch the YouTube highlights but I'll, tell, on you, I'll tell you what I'm never doing that again because at no point on the YouTube titles of the videos does it say Bullet Club debuts right so did you th- do you think I actually clicked on the Usos match did I, <laughs> did I fuck <laughs> <laughs> and, and then went on like internet or whatever whatever websites I was going on it was like Bullet Club debuts I was like no, they fucking didn't. <laughs> then I re- then I saw where they debuted. I was like, oh, it'll be on that video. Then that just says Usos versus whoever they wrestled. Yeah, I guess I'm, I guess in one sense you could be pleased that they don't spoil it, but in another sense that in, yeah. in a way that's your fault really it for is. not watching the Usos it is, match. But I thought he had a good idea. <coughs> if you're clipping it down, mate, watch it all. No, I don't want to watch it all though, do I? Yeah, but even oh, literally, you can't be bothered to watch the two minute highlights. Yeah, but all. yeah, that, that's that's my I issue. I don't think wrestling's for you, mate. I like some wrestling, but right. just not. I don't know, like so, some wrestling I can avoid. Okay, well, and I, anyway. w- I regret that, but yeah. Anyway, so I, I've seen the, the YouTube of the... highlights of AJ Styles and. Well, I watched AJ Styles and Sami Zayn all the way through, and it's interesting. It's so different to what WWE usually do on Monday night in terms of the match is built very much like an indie match like to the point where they literally have an indie standoff at one point and I watched the first sort of five or ten minutes thinking it's it's a very different reaction you get from a WWE crowd to what you get from an indie crowd because when they do the sort of standoff there's a few people like a smattering of applause whatever but not many people sort of getting into it in the same way that you get into like a match in a much smaller venue however could you argue that it's because they're conditioned when you go to WWE show you're conditioned to sort of expect a certain thing that you yeah. wouldn't expect. Oh, I think absolutely. And I I do wonder whether when sort of the people backstage were watching the match, whether they were thinking, this is guff, they're doing it absolutely wrong, or whether they were actually getting involved in it in the same way that the crowd does. Because actually, Sami Zayn's facials and his babyface fire and all these things work so well to create a really good match. Like, if you can actually watch the whole match, I would genuinely recommend that you do it. There's two really good matches on Raw. There's Cesaro and Kevin Owens was really good. And AJ Styles and Sami Zayn was, I felt, so different to what WWE usually do. But it strikes me as the sort of match that might be more likely to keep people watching. I'd be interested to see what the breakdowns are in terms of ratings and such. Overall, I thought this week's Raw was really good, by the way. Just if, if you do get the chance to watch it. But... That's the first time since he's come up from NXT, to bring it back to sort of on topic, that I felt like Sami Zayn was really relevant. He's had this sort of feud with Kevin Owens that's been brought over from NXT and has been bubbling underneath, maybe not getting the reaction that they were wanting. I feel like now where they go from here is very important because straight after the match they had a backstage segment with AJ and Shane McMahon. AJ and Sami had a sort of a um, shape like a handshake type thing and Shane came in and said you know that was a really great match but it was different to sort of like Dolph Ziggler's that was a really great match where you get the feeling that <laughs> it was a really great match but he's not asked about the fact that he got you know he got pagged. Um 
more to the point that Sammy was actually disappointed to lose and AJ was actually thrilled to win. So yeah, having not seen that, obviously I can't really comment much. But is that your Dolph Ziggler bias coming out? That you or because I mean I don't like Dolph Ziggler either, but like because you're telling me that story and I know you hate Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> so like, who said that was a great match? Shane McMahon did. Oh, okay, right. So it wasn't Sami Zayn going. That was a great match. No, I okay, mean they they right. I think they had some kind of dialogue in that sort of respect, but it was a different. It's a different tone to it in the sense that you felt like they both. They both acknowledged that it was a really good match, but Sammy was genuinely disappointed. You could see that he was sort of genuinely disappointed that he'd lost. Whereas I feel like if if they interviewed Dolph Ziggler and said, "Oh, what? How do you think? Of, how do you think about your match?" He's like, "Oh, well, I, I went. I had to steal a show, and I, uh, even though I lost, I had a great match, and I just wouldn't. I'd be like, well, you don't care whether you lost or won, though, yeah. And Dolph Ziggler bias aside, that's it's a it's a crucial difference, and it's why I think if people are willing to look past his sort of difference in look, Sami Zayn has a much higher ceiling in WWE than, say, another NXT act like the Vaude Villains. Yeah, but do you think Sami Zayn's saveable now? Like, Because you said he, he, he was starting to be 50-50, but... I do. Do you, you think he, he can... It's, he, he could be elevated to main event? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I think it's possible. I mean, it's... It's interesting how, whilst the complaints are made that obviously people win and lose matches too often and they end up getting ending that fifty fifty booking, and I wouldn't be remotely surprised if come Raw next week they're like, "Hey, we had such a great match. Why don't we have another match?" And then like Sammy wins. Well, I hope not because nothing. I want I want to start doing bloody AJ Styles Roman Reigns like it's meant to be. Yeah, well I agree, but it's interesting how in losing a match the reaction to losing a match can have a lot more impact when you believe that the guy who's lost actually cares about it. And it's something different to the 50-50 club. So even though someone might take a look and go, well, he's not won as many matches as this person, you can get over in losing a match if the audience believes that you care. Well, that's how Sammy did it in NXT, that how he booked the entire time. He came in and beat Cesaro early. Mm-hmm. But then in that feud, he ended up losing at the end. And then the whole build-up for the title was he always lost it at the big things. He finally wins the belt. It's his big moment. Has it taken away from him straight away? Loses two straight matches to Kevin Owens. And then it's... Even on his big like farewell matches, is like he did the uh, series of matches against Samoa Joe and couldn't beat him. And then he has the match against Nakamura, which is his farewell match by the looks of it in NXT. Loses that, which... That was for a different reason altogether. It was to establish Nakamura as well and to give Sammy a really good match to finish on. But the whole idea with Sami Zayn is that he is the underdog and he never quite gets to that part, that the place where the fans want him to be. And he's going to keep pushing and eventually he'll hopefully have that massive moment where he'll beat the Kevin Owens and he'll progress upwards. Yeah, so he's got to win. Like You can't, yeah. you can't lose your way to the top, so no. he's got to win. Yeah, he won matches on the way, obviously, to get his title shots and everything, but how long was Neville champion? Was it February through to December? And Sami Zayn challenged him a few times for that title and never managed to beat him. And it was just that thing where the title was the like the golden goose at the end that he couldn't quite reach. Eventually does it, and then Kevin Owens comes along, takes it away from him, beats him for the belt, beats him again, just decimates him. He gets injured, so that kind of puts it there. That kind of stops the motion going forward. He comes back, and then he does the whole series with Samoa Joe, and he can't beat him either. 
So it's a thing they've continually done with Sami Zayn, but it doesn't seem to affect his popularity at all, at least with the NXT fans. It'll be interesting to see how it translates to WWE fans if they continue to book him that way. I, uh, I want to come back to Sami Zayn um, a little bit later on because I think uh, there's a wider question to be asked, which I'll, I'll get to. Um, I'd be interested to know, so now that we started with one of the seven... Um, Wait, hang on. That was one of the seven? Yeah. So I had seven that weren't Sami Zayn. Right, okay. Right, so Baron Corbin. Yes. Right, so that's one. Apollo Crews. Yes. Both the Vaude villains. Yep. Enzo and Big Cass. Yep. So you don't know who the seventh one is? No, who's the seventh one? Oh well, let's have a let's have a little think about well, it because this, oh, yeah, okay. oh, this is fine. pretty fun. Um, is it fun? Yeah, <laughs> very fun for the people at home who yeah. probably just go, well, it's obviously this person. Um, I I literally can't think. You're gonna give me some Tyler clues. Breeze? No, no, nah, I wouldn't count him. No. He's, he's ages ago. I'm talking like recent. I didn't okay. even count Sami Zayn, so it's this person's more recent. You than said, are you Zane. trying to say Zack Ryder? No. No, I'm not even counting that right. No, I'm counting a legit person that's come up from legit NXT. Person that's come up from NXT. I actually You'll notice that I've said person because it's not a Well, man. I did think it Emma. might be... Oh. Emma. Yeah, Emma. Emma. That doesn't count. She yeah, of course it counts. Oh, she doesn't count. Of course it counts. Count. Of course it doesn't counts. Count. I'd say it was because she was off TV for a little she while. Was and before, for ages. A, she was and off a completely different gimmick. It's, yeah. a re- it's not a completely different gimmick. It literally starts the, with the same... She's just a heel. Yeah, but she doesn't do the... This is what this is what happens when Graham realises he's wrong. I'm not wrong though, Emma. So she like just oh re-debut. She does the whole. Could, so you should have counted Eva Marie as well. Then so eight. Oh, there's eight then. That's the middle we're finger both, for you. We both. We both. Well, we're both Eva wrong. Marie. So as long as we're both wrong, that's fine. That's satisfied me. <laughs> as long as you're not right, that's essentially my my victory is won. Um, well, I I, uh, I hadn't really counted Eva Marie and um, Emma because they haven't. Have they been on TV since? Yeah, like, yeah. I watched watch SmackDown this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I say I watched SmackDown. I watched so you didn't watch Raw, but you watched I'll... SmackDown? Yeah, because I was eating breakfast, weren't I? And I was like, oh, I'll put some on. And I'd not seen SmackDown, any of SmackDown, so I watched about an hour of SmackDown. To be fairly fair, I, having said that, SmackDown's actually been quite good lately. I just haven't had time to watch it. Um, so, right, okay, well, we'll count all eight of them then. Right, so Do we want to just go through them all one by one and say how much we hate them? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um... I, I've obviously brought up Sami Zayn. I'm going to come back to Sami Zayn in a little while um, because it'll be related to something else. Uh, I'm going to go straight in there with Vod Villains. What do you think? I'm a fan of the team, and but they seem to have peaked at Brooklyn. And after that, it was like, well, as tag champions now, what can they do with them? And there's a whole problem with their villains. And it, even when they try and turn them back heel, the fans still cheer them because they like that it's a kooky gimmick. And also the fact that... Um, it's got quite a low ceiling on the whole gimmick. It's it's never going to be like a huge deal. Yeah, they're a bit shit, aren't they? They <laughs> might be good wrestlers, but like they're not they're not going to win belts, are they? They're not. I don't know. Like I think there's every chance they could win the tag titles, but I, I don't think so. Cause probably you're, you're not. Bullet Club have debuted. The hottest yeah. free agents. You've got Dudley Boys who are better than them. <laughs> you've got both Usos that are better than them. Uh, you've got them bloody ones that were Matadors now. What they them. Um, yeah, they're Diego and other one. Yeah, yeah, they've now pride of Puerto Rico. Oh, it's um, or this, it's um, Epico and Primo is their sort yeah. of like that's their colon names if you like. Yeah, but colon is their surname. <laughs> but colon no. <laughs> means ass. What? Yeah, you're not really subtle with that. <laughs> so like all it's all them break, all them teams are probably better than yeah. Vaude villains, and Vaude villains have got the thing where they've got villain in the name, like Dan was saying. So, like, when you turn them face, you're still calling them villains. 
And they think they're from like fifties or whatever they think they're from. Forties, is it? I don't know. Yeah, they're from past, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I don't don't see where they're going to go. I think I feel like it's a sort of call up in a similar way to what they did with Tyler Breeze. It's like we've got to the end of what we can use you for in NXT. I guess we should call you up. Except with Tyler Breeze, I think he actually had a lot more potential than these two do. It's not that they're not good wrestlers; they're perfectly good. But if you consider that they'd hit their very low ceiling in NXT, which is already a sort of controlled environment, I don't see where it goes. I think it goes the same way with the Ascension, to be honest. They'll be they'll be essentially like the face version of the Ascension, I would expect. I didn't know. Have you seen... Did you see their debut on SmackDown? Four villains, no. Okay. Uh, I know they went against the Ascension. <laughs> right, so... The, <laughs> this is your future, lads. <laughs> Brilliant. The weird so, thing is, the Ascension had a lot more upward potential, I felt. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. well, they had that guy that was on the. When you and NXT used to be good, they had that guy that um, called Connor. Daryl, just clarify for us when NXT used to be good, because people aren't going to know oh, this. Right. People are going to think you meant like, oh, when, when, when Sammy. No. No, it was when Derek Bateman. Real were on NXT. It. Yeah, real NXT. Derek Bateman were on it. Darren Young were on it. Mr. No Days Off, then he got suspended. Um, <laughs> Titus O'Neill. Oh, big deal, Titus oh, O'Neill. Yeah, big deal, Titus O'Neill. Oh, that, that woman and Johnny Curtis kidnapped. Oksana? No, not Axana. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but she, it, it, was, it was some woman that's never going to work in wrestling again. Yep. Oh, no, she does. She works on Lucha Underground, but I don't know what she's called. Uh, um, oh, Ivelisse. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I know she was tough enough, wasn't she? Anyway, go uh, on. They kidnapped Matt Stryker, <laughs> just because. And then he, he when, when whoever found him, um, when Derek Bateman found him, they made a joke that, he, that he'd shat himself, which, <laughs> which is hilarious. But yeah, so that's when NXT used to be good. I can't remember what point I would make because I get excited because I like NXT. You were talking about... Um, oh God, I can't remember. Um, someone with... Oh, the, oh Rattitude. Yeah, ra- yeah, so so Connor was ra- Mr. Rattitude. He, he, he said, I've got a face like a rat. I, <laughs> I've got Rattitude, right? And I will never forget that. <laughs> and I bring that up every time he's on TV and every time I see him. Yep. So it is. It, it, it was a final losing battle with, with me. So, uh, I, I know what you, say, you mean about their um, upward ceiling. In terms of the gimmick, I think it was pro- possible, but like they're just not very good, are they? Let's be honest. Also, <laughs> I, I, I do remember when they debuted, they messed up their finish. Even better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. Did they, like isn't their finish a high-low and they both went high? Yeah, yeah, yeah they like do that old Eliminators finish, don't they? Yeah. The total elimination. Yeah, they call yeah. it Fallen Man, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, all, they've got one job. And one of them <laughs> just needs to say, right, I'm always going to go high. <laughs> I one of them's always... literally shorter than the yeah. other. That's yeah. So the tall one goes high, short one goes low. That's how you remember it. Easy to remember. Sound piece of advice. <laughs> um, so I think on uh, on a related note to that, I think that essentially the VOD villains will be because I assume if they debuted against the Ascension, they were face. So essentially, they'll be like the face version of the Ascension when someone needs a yeah. tag team win. Kind of like the VOD villains. Kind of like a job a tag team. But, yeah, but which actually team. I'm not. I'm not averse to. No, I just think it's. It's a consequence of the gimmick, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's because we don't have jobbers anymore that I just think when people come up, in my head, I'm like, well, they're not going to go anywhere, but maybe they don't have to because they're going to be there to do that job, which is lose, which is what Heath Slater does. Yeah. And that's fine. Exactly. And that's that's the sort of people they should have, people they don't give necessarily a lot of TV time to. But the problem with this sort of 50-50 booking thing is, I know it's a massive cliche to bring it up, is that someone obviously at some point looks at these people and goes, oh, well... They haven't had a win though, so people won't buy it. It's like, but that's not the point. That's not the one. That's not what they're there for. No. People like on NXT, you've got like Ty Gillinger and 
all these other guys that are literally just there to put people over, which is fine. There's not a problem with that. Um, so we're thinking the Vaudeville villains probably a probably a no one in terms of success. So I suppose we should move on to Enzo and Big Cass. Yeah, that makes more sense, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yeah, yeah. I really like Enzo and Big Cass. I think the like the they're gonna have the New Age Outlaws comparisons because of the big intro and stuff. And they've got a really good dynamic as a tag team. You've got the small guy who takes the heat and the big guy who comes in and clears house. Yeah, and also he, yeah. he's the small guy that talks a lot of shit. Yeah. And the big guy's there behind him going, well, I'm going to let him talk a lot of shit and you yeah. have to come through <laughs> me to get to him. And also I felt on the debut as well, some of the lines he threw out at Devon were brilliant. Like, it actually had me like laughing watching it. <laughs> it's like he'd been thinking about it for his whole fucking life. Well, yeah. um, if you've listened to him, them both on the Steve Austin podcast, he talks about the fact that he doesn't read he writes all the time and he literally just sits there writing promos continuously hmm. and he's just got all these lines that he can go on whenever he wants so putting your lazy eye to work which is the line that got me don't listen to other podcasts though just just listen to this one yeah we don't really endorse other podcasts yeah but but yeah on the Steve Austin podcast he said that didn't he? yeah yeah he, he writes <laughs> he's writing promos all the time they'll definitely listen to us if we say that won't they you'll be fine um, yeah I think I think they're brilliant I actually it's funny, uh, I was at SummerSlam and I was also at the Raw after that and I expected them to debut. So I was, during the sort of Divas match, I went to go and get something to eat and whilst I was out, the New Day's music hit and I actually ran back to my seat and forced the food that I was carrying for myself and my, my partner into her hand so that I could get ready to cheer for Enzo and Cass and it turned out it was the Dudley Boys instead. Uh, which were you, dis- were you disappointed? I wasn't disappointed because I, was I had, boys, of course, it? I had no idea it was going to be them. But I genuinely was prepared for Enzo. I Cast thought you were going to say you run back to your seat when you heard the New Day's music because you're a massive fan of Darren Young and Titus O'Neil. Uh, well, I am a massive fan of Darren Young and Titus O'Neil. Not as massive as you are because you literally phoned me to tell me that they'd got back together. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real thing. In fact, oh, I wonder if I can play the voicemail. If there's some way we can get the voicemail into this, I'll put it on at the end. If not, I'll play it through the microphone. There should be a way, yeah. We'll figure it out somehow because I want everyone to hear Daryl's voicemail when he, uh, when he phoned me to tell me that the, the primetime players were back together. So we think... To, <laughs> to bring this back up, um, Enzo and Cass, my only concern with them, and it's not to do with them, it's to do with the way that they'll get booked, is... Is it the fact that Big Cass is called Big... Cast yeah, and he's big. Yeah, so seven eventually Vince is going to take a look at him. this guy. Is seven foot tall. Put him on the main event, but in a Ben's voice. Yeah, and uh, right, I thought it was not too bad. Yeah. yeah, but I have to, you know, preface it by if it's bad, then at least I've sort of apologised yeah. yeah, for you it. You meant it. Yeah, but that—that's a concern you have with any tag team, isn't it? That Vince doesn't see as much in tag teams as anyone else does, really. Yeah. But I don't know because like they seem to have done a bit more with tag teams recently. Yeah, I would say the division's a lot better than it has been. Yeah, but I can see them splitting them up and like giving Big Cass or trying to give him a run. But at the same time, like Shad Caspard and JTG. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go with Shield <laughs> and say like they split Shield up and then obviously Roman Reigns is their guy and then it's not exactly worked out and it's like I'm not saying he's gonna they see him like Roman Reigns but. Like if they're gonna split them up, are they gonna do it right, kind of thing? Yeah, but we think they'll we think they'll do all right, don't we? Oh yeah, as right. a tag team, definitely. As yeah. a general consensus, yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. should do really well. And the whole intro and everything, same with New Day. Like they've got that whole gimmick there with the intro. It gets people over really easy. Yeah. So if they've got a thing, they can. I'm really liking New Day at the minute. Yeah, like the whole thing with how Biggie introduces them, 
Big Cass and Enzo have got that where it's it's the same things they say before every match and crowd will happily chant all along with that. And it'll get them over and they'll sell a ton of t-shirts like they were already doing in NXT. I mean, we were all at the Sheffield NXT show last year and Enzo and Big Cass got a ridiculous reaction. Yeah. Like one of the biggest reactions at night and it's like that wherever they go. Like they're going to be one of those tag teams that kind of like, <laughs> it'll, they'll get compared to New Age Outlaws. They'll be that tag team. It's interesting to think that they never won the NXT tag team titles. Yeah. And yet, um, the VOD villains did. Yeah. And but, where's their ceiling going? But like, they, they probably didn't have to win it, did they? No, absolutely. I yeah, agree. That like, was the thing I always I thought when you were in New York, they were going to win it then. Yeah, me too. But yeah. they didn't even have a match. No. Which is what made me think of probably you as well, that they were going to be on Raw. Yes. Because they didn't have that match. So it's like, well, fucking hell, they've not been on there because they're saving it for Raw. Yeah. And they didn't. But yeah, so like, they probably don't need to win the belts. No. Maybe on the main show they do, I reckon. Maybe in WWE they're probably I can, winner, but I can see them being the ones to take them off the new day. In do you think? Well, maybe not directly, but yeah, it, yeah I, I suppose. I, I think they'll go to somebody else before Enzo and Big Cass because mm. it's like League of Nations. <sighs> I thought they might be splitting the League of Nations up. What slowly? Yeah. yeah. But then, like, what's the point? Because they're not going to be any better on their own. No. Rusev might be. To be yes, fair. Rusev is main. Event. I know you're a massive Rusev fan. I'm probably mm-hmm. not as much a Rusev fan as you are, but I do think that he's the, of the of the three of them. He's the most likely to succeed on his own. Still, he is. He's she- money. Sheamus is the most disappointing one, I think. Yeah. Because I think even though he gets that, you you look stupid, chant. I think he looks. I don't know. He looks like he could beat somebody up. Yeah. But he's just a bit wank, isn't he? <laughs> he just is. Like, That's about right. It's like he, he looks like when he does his little pose at top at ramp and shouts fella I'm a bit annoyed he shouts fella for no reason but he looks a bit hard and then he walks down and he's not now on a, on a very uh, that's an interesting segue into Baron Corbin oh <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's appropriate yeah he's, uh, he's just as tall probably I mean, the whole thing with Baron Corbin is they were trying to do the silent killer gimmick with him uh, it worked for a little while when the fans could count along with his matches which was a nice little gimmick but then it kind of died down, and it was through Breaking Ground, I think, where they kind of realised his real-life personality is, the guy's a prick. Like, yeah, he's one of those just unapologetic pricks that... You... Can you give us an example? I've never seen Breaking Ground. Well, it's just how his general demeanour is, like, he's just got that attitude, like, I'm better than everyone, and I don't understand why I'm not on the main roster, and he'll just very openly talk about how he could destroy everybody. And uh, he... He does the thing with Nia Jax, where Nia Jax is really nervous about her first match, and then Baron Corbin just goes, I had a terrible first match. And then starts just making her feel worse. And he's just one of those people. No, he's trying to reassure her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, he was saying, I'm sure I'm sure you'll fail and stuff oh, like that. Oh, like, okay, he, was no, being, he was being a dick. He's, but he's one of those people. And then after Breaking Ground, you start to see on the, main, on the NXT roster, he started bringing his actual personality out rather than just doing the silent stare at the camera. He'd say stuff. It kind of started with the Apollo Crews thing where he dumped him out of the ring and then shouted, go back to Ring of Honor, which was a really funny, <laughs> funny thing to shout at <laughs> To Apollo be fair, Cruz, that's quite a good line. Former Dragon Gate USA guy. Um, but yeah, Baron Corbin started using his actual personality and it kind of coincided with him finally being brought up to the main roster. And if he can get some of that part out of him where he's not just giving like, oh, it'll be the end of days when I face you. Instead of doing that stuff, his actual personality comes out. They could do interesting stuff with him. But it'd be interesting for any of these guys as well. The difference from NXT, where they're given a lot more freedom to be on the main roster, where they don't have that freedom in the ring as much. They're, everything's micromanaged and overproduced. 
So it'd be interesting to see with Baron Corbin, especially because you'd started to see him be more free in the ring, and he could have a he could do a bit more. And now he's on the main roster, it could knock him down again. Yeah, after watching SmackDown, um, he beats up Zack Ryder. I don't know if he, I don't know if he wins the match where he just beats him up and gets DQ, but he, he has a match with him, beats him up. Then Dolph Ziggler comes out to make the save. <coughs> he's gonna be stuck in Eternal Fifty Fifty feud with Dolph Ziggler, isn't he? Probably. Yeah. That's what happened with Tyler Breeze at first as well. It's just Dolph Ziggler's the guy. And uh, we said this on the first episode. Well, I said it, that he's a good workhorse and he's probably a good guy for people to work with at first. But at the same time, you can't have him, this 50-50 thing with him going on all the time. Yeah, if, he, yeah, well, if he's going to bump for him, like mentally, like he does, then yeah, that's fine. he, he does everything he can to, to get... try and make the other guy look good. Yeah, but, yeah, if but they've if already he... started off, like literally the first thing they did when he debuted, Baron Corbin debuted on Raw was brought Dolph Ziggler out and then they had a brawl into the crowd that's already giving Dolph Ziggler too much and I say that in terms of Baron Corbin's character you, they had him win the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Battle Royal which was like an I presumably a springboard to a push on the main roster and then you have him go to a draw with Dolph Ziggler what's that <laughs> and it, to, be, to be fair I would have said the same thing if he was going to a draw with Zack Ryder if he was going to a draw with the Miz, just even though I do think that, the Miz is better. Yeah, just anybody on that level, really. Just anyone that sort of level, exactly. Another thing about Corbin that I never understood, uh, he's got like legitimate grappling experience and all these different sport experience. He was he, he was a football player. He's like a, yeah, he's like he a massive like, like, athlete. He's... He'd gone to Abu Dhabi and all this stuff, competing as a grappler. He won the Golden Gloves. Yeah, he's got all this background to him and none of it was ever brought up in NXT. Like the whole thing when he was feuding with Samoa Joe, I thought this would be a great opportunity because they do talk about Samoa Joe doing occasional like MMA training and stuff. And then he's against Baron Corbin who has experience in actual submission But it's not his gimmick though, is it? Yeah, I, I don't say it's like, not his gimmick. Because if, you, if you're tall, why are you going to roll around the floor <coughs> and grapple? Well, it's not necessarily the grappling part, but it's he's this big tough guy and they could say he's gone around the world and competed in all these different combat sports and everything so he is like he can, wherever the fight goes he can better you at didn't it. he win a super bowl like i don't know if, I, he, I don't he definitely know played american football, football to a like yeah. professional standard i think i might be wrong maybe he didn't win the super bowl i think he might have he's definitely had like a high, he was a very highly rated american football player then he moved into boxing won the golden gloves he's done the grappling things which i wasn't even aware of he's He's like a really successful athlete, and it does surprise me that they don't really bring that up. But when I read that, and when I saw some of it on Breaking Ground, it was like, well, this guy has even more potential than I thought. So no wonder they signed him. No wonder they want him to do I well. I think he played offensive guard, mate. Did he? That's yeah, because I just loaded it up on my screen. Uh, he was. Oh, what a oh, he's so mad at me. So mad at you. I know this is just the wonders of podcasts where I can yeah, look so, intelligent. So I'm mad that you've. Uh, so um, he played for the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he was released by the Cardinals in 2011, and that's when he started box. Oh no, he was boxing. Did he win then, a Super Bowl or not? Essentially, uh, not that I can see. No, did he win any divisional championship? Uh, no, he was an off-season or practice squad member only for both teams. Oh really? Okay, yeah. I thought he. Oh well, obviously I'm wrong. He did better than Brock Lesnar did, though. Yeah, so yeah. Well done, Brock. If you're out there. We're, we're calling you out. You went right, as good I'll, at football. I'll tell you now, if there's one wrestler that's not listening to wrestling, <laughs> wrestling podcasts, it's Brock Lesnar. Literally, I bet people talk about him all the time. And even if even if someone says, you know this person's sensitive, I literally do not care. Yeah, I could not care less. There's wood to chop and animals to kill. Yep. And sable to shag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I'm going to try and get a bit of a consensus here. So... Dan, Baron Corbin, what do you think? How do you think he'll do? 
he's got a lot of upward potential with his size, and he is capable of when he actually brings his personality into his gimmick, he can be quite good. Uh, it's whether that actually happens, and if he gets booked fifty-fifty and all that stuff, it's going to kind of kill off the whole big man aura about him. So it's it's a, it's really hard to tell right now to see how they go with it. I, I think he'll win out against. So Austin, you're too afraid to make a call. It's yeah. fine, uh, <laughs> Daryl. Uh, from what I've seen him, I'm not a fan. Okay, so you think no? Yeah, yeah. Like he's just. I don't know. Like he just he just walks and puts his arms out. I, I've not I've not well, seen this. Gimmick to be fair, that's to... an improvement over his previous gimmick, which was just walks and then lifts yeah, his head and I've looks not, into I've the camera. I've not seen this character that you're on about, Dan. Like I've not, I've not seen that. It started around December last year, like the London show against Apollo Crews, when he first really started bringing all that out. I don't think he's brought it out enough. Like, mm. He's not shown. He's not been featured enough. Like I still see him as as like he walks through the spotlights, lifts his head up. Holds his arms out and everyone goes, oh, charisma. Now, I've seen a Nakamura match that had more charisma just in him winking at camera <laughs> than a whole match that Baron Corbin's ever had. Well, I think I think just because of his size and because of his athletic background, he'll do well. But I, I hope they do give him the chance to show that personality. Because I watch Breaking Ground as well, and I do think that personality would be useful to bring in. But the problem is they do stuff like that so well and they never bring it into the into the sort of main like shows if you like so i think he'll do well but it could take him a little bit of time to find his feet i just think there's a lot of wrestlers both on the roster and in nxt that i like more than him i have no doubt yeah, I, that, get that. I have no doubt that his size and his athletic background like stands him in good stead to do something yeah it's just that i look at other wrestlers like samoa joe and i'm yeah. just like i'd much prefer samoa joe to be kicking the fuck out of Dolph Ziggler. So would I. I agree with I, that. I'd, I'd much prefer that. Like, I'd much prefer Finn Balor to be on main roster. Yeah. I'd, I'd much much prefer Shinsuke Nakamura to be on main roster. I mean, it's a bit early. I know he's just debuted, so I'm not saying like, oh, shoot, struggle there straight away. But like, there's a lot more wrestlers. I'd prefer him to treat Dean Ambrose better. Like, mm. and I'd prefer him to uh, book Bray Wyatt better than to do anything with Baron Corbin. It's an interesting point. That's a really, I think that's a really good point, actually. <coughs> I knew, that, I knew we had a reason to put you on. Yeah, thank if, you. If a um, so, right, so who have we got next? Let's have a look. Okay, so Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews. Right, Apollo Crews, I think this should be a fairly short one. He's one that strikes me. He is a, right. he is a bit short, isn't he? <laughs> he? He strikes me as they signed him. He didn't... He's not gone that well in NXT, to my understanding. They pushed him onto the main roster probably as something of a replacement for Neville. Because he's got a similar sort of athletic ability, except obviously he's physically jacked. Yeah, well, he's he's jacked, yeah. obviously. Um, I think he's one who'll probably end up in the fifty-fifty club. Yeah. But I don't really see him. A couple of people said they think he could be the first like black world champion for WWE. Um, now obviously the Rocks. Yeah, we both looked at each other. There. Yeah, well. The Rock's obviously mixed race, isn't it? The Rock's mixed race, so if, so if, I, if you wanted to say yeah. exclusively from I mean, one background. I mean, I don't want to get into any racist debate, right? I don't care. What, no, you save that color. for Tuesday nights, don't you? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's not what I'm going to go to. That's to racist clubs. <laughs> but, but, like, if, I mean, I mean, do you count if someone's mixed race? Does that count? If it does, then fair enough. I genuinely... Because then if it does, then he's not going to be the first black champion. I genuinely don't know. I wouldn't... Uh, but, Booker T. No, like WWE champion. Sorry, it yeah. Champ- it was just world that's champion, my fault. Yeah. I said world champion. Yeah. When I should explicitly say the WWE championship, like the belt that they have now, which takes, I think its lineage generally is traced back to sort of San Martino and all them. Obviously, they did have Booker T. Um, but I don't see that. In, I think he's he's too short for that. 
and he hasn't shown that much in NXT. It's been a surprise call up for some people because he it's it's almost like they took him to NXT just to work the style and then wanted to move him up to the main roster. Um which I think for some people probably works better, but I don't think for him that means success. Uh yeah, one of the problems that he seems to have is his facials because he's always got that big smile on his face. And he doesn't really, he's not able to convey like big emotions to the crowd. And when you watch most guys, they'll do stuff. And even if you sat right at the back of the arena, you can tell what's happening because of their body language and everything. But with Apollo Crews, it's just moves. And he's just got this big goofy smile on his face. And I don't know whether that's an afterthought of from working on the Indies for so long and it's never been an issue until now. And he's having to like fast track work on it because uh, with his size and everything, he wasn't going to stay in NXT for too long. Um, but yeah, I think it was even mentioned on Breaking Ground and things like that, where Triple H said, you know, he needs to learn to like show his emotions and stuff. Whether it's like an, it might even be a nerves thing with him being on the like big stage now. Daryl, mm. uh, yeah, he's all right. Of all the ones that have come, well, not all the ones because I like Enzo Big Cast, but other than them, I probably like him best. Really? Yeah, but like. Again, I just because I like all the other wrestlers better. <laughs> I just, I just, I, just, I have this thing where I don't want to say he's shit because he's not shit, yeah. but I just think, oh, ah, I'd, I'd prefer other people to be in his position than him. Yeah. Like, I, I think if if it is an issue with his facials or whatever, if Triple H has said it or whatever, why is he why is he got called up to main roster if he's not ready? Don't call him up because. It's just gonna fuck with him in the long run because if now he's not ready and eventually they think, oh, he's not doing what we need him to do, then when eventually he learns it, then he's gonna be, um, he's gonna lost so much. Like he's he's gonna have Chris Masters effect. So Chris Masters got massive body called up, then towards end of his career in WWE, he were actually quite good. Yeah, but he were resting on superstars because. Yeah. They'd fucked fucked him so much on Raw, and he lost and stuff that there, there was nowhere for him to go, so he couldn't do anything. Do you remember that time that Triple H uh, asked him about when he was going to write a book? <laughs> I thought that was piss funny. I know it was probably incredibly poor, um, you know, incredibly poor form for someone who's in management, who essentially up until about a few months before that, I'd be going, "We're not saying the steroids won't help, but." Maybe you want to do some to going. No, you have to do no steroids. And then Triple H literally gets in front of the camera and says, "So, when are you going to write a book about how to lose thirty pounds in three weeks?" <laughs> I'm not even bothered. I was okay with that. Um, now we've got. Is, is it literally just the women we've got left? Yes. Yeah. Um, quick word on Eva Marie. What do you reckon? Do you think she'll do well or not? Um, it, what do you define as do well? Well. I mean, she's already been on Total Divas and stuff, so obviously that works well in her favour yeah. in terms of that's what they like for the e-entertainment side of things. I feel like now that they're moving towards a sort of in-ring direction, I think that could mean she'll struggle. But yeah, but they've called her up on the weekend that they said, oh, we're, we're women's wrestling now. They've called her up on that weekend that they've gone, this is the women's championship, not the Divas one. This is the women's championship. I mean, I don't think there's... At all. I was going to say, I don't think there's a chance of her winning the belt, but I could easily see in a while, if she shows even a bit more improvement, she'll be the one to like beat Sasha Banks while they're doing this huge streak of her not losing matches. Um, with Eve Marie, like she has shown some improvement in areas, 
but then at the same time she's she's the old guard of like the divas where they look for models and all this stuff and they, they're still going to do it because they just see hot woman they can teach her how to wrestle rather than thinking oh there's a wrestler you know we can do something with her so um it's hard to tell with the women like how far she can go because it's WWE and they'll happily push someone even though the crowd turned against them and go well you know she's gorgeous and all this stuff I think she'll do well in, like financially like I think she'll um I wonder if they might actually try and sort of separate the divisions a little bit in the sense of almost have keep the total divas lot to themselves feuding with themselves and then keep the actual wrestlers yeah. themselves as well I think that could cause confusion, no, but it might, idea, work, though, but I it think. would work better than what they've they been doing. They can do their doing. own separate thing, yeah. Because like some of the stuff they are or they have done recently is like gone oh, on Total Divas. Someone yeah. said this to someone, and that's why they're having a match. Exactly. So like they could easily do that and keep that to one side, like you said, and then just have like proper wrestlers fight off at belt. Mm. Um, on Emma, I think she's really good. I think she's improved so much since she was on the roster before, which means she doesn't really count as a. Call up. Well, and uh... <laughs> the thing with Emma as well was her and Paige were the two women who originally like kicked off NXT's women division. Uh... Like she was having good matches with Paige and everything. Then she came up with the gimmick of doing like the weird dances and being awkward. So and she was never going to get a lot of opportunities on the main roster. But yeah, but that ma- main roster, yeah, but um, first main roster call up were bullshit, weren't it? Because they never they literally just wanted someone to dance beside Santino. Yeah, they just yeah. brought her out dancing, not like. It weren't like this awkward thing where she nearly fell out of a ring like she used to do on NXT. Yeah. It was, it was just a bit... I don't know, they didn't really introduce the character. Ultimately for her, I think it's... She's good, but I don't think she'll go much further than a certain point. I think she's just another one who's got a ceiling. Um, there's other women that are better wrestlers than her. There's other women that are better heels than her. And there's other women that flat out are probably better looking in terms of what they're looking for for her. But that's, so, that's good, though, because they can beat her. She's, yeah. a, she's a name-ish that they can beat. She'll yeah. be on the same level as someone like Natalia. Yeah. She can have a good match with someone and then... Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Daryl just pointed out a massive... Uh, well, not a massive slider massive. behind me, but... So glad you pointed that out now whilst we're yeah. still talking. Well done. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, she'll be on I'm the, just here to around, ruin the show. <laughs> she'll be on the same area as, as Natalia where she might not reach the ch- championship, but she'll be the person who they can beat on the way. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that's all the call. It's quick run up because we're running out of time. Um, I did want to sort of talk about the takeovers at large a little bit more, but we're probably not going to have, that, have a chance. Um, thoughts on NXT takeover, the most recent one, the Dallas one. Uh, the Dallas one. Um, the main event was good. Um, the blood stopper just took a little bit away from the match. I was gonna have a bit a longer rant that ultimately I understand why they have to stop it for blood. They've got to think about all these issues to do with like they don't want someone covered in blood because they can't use the footage on TV. But at the same time, I think so it's more to do with like AIDS and bloodborne, <laughs> bloodborne diseases. Uh, that's another reason as well, yeah. yeah. But it was a bit too much to stop the momentum of the match that many times. Uh, Nakamura Sami Zayn was a brilliant, brilliant match. I was really excited for Nakamura debuting, and it was everything I hoped, really. That was probably the match of the weekend. Yeah, Asuka Bailey was a great match, but the crowd were a little out of it, didn't know how to deal with the face versus face thing. Well, they, sort of, they didn't know how to react to the finish as well, did yeah, they? Yeah, they didn't know how to react to the finish either because it was kind of. Because they, they like Asuka. They like Asuka, but they they also like Bailey a lot. So when... Can I just point out, listeners, that this spider, <laughs> spider's crawling towards Moko. I'll get it. And he, he's, yeah, he's I, cowering I, in the I, corner. I'm, I'm a terrible arachnophobe. <laughs> I didn't know he was a terrible arachnophobe. Yeah, I am. 
So when I pointed it out, I didn't realise it had caused this much drama. And I think the spider knows too. Anyway, um, what were we saying? Uh, hang on, let him sit down. So we're talking right. about um, so Asker. They didn't they didn't know how to react to the Asker Bailey finish because they really like Asker, but they like Bailey even more. So when Asker won, they were like, yeah, yay, ish, yay, shall we cheer? No, I don't know. Oh, Bailey's Bailey's dead. Or what? what? Oh. Yeah, and it, the whole like thing afterwards where Bailey was, she was like, it wasn't they didn't do a big moment for her or anything. She was just outside the ring getting checked on by the referees, and Asuka just kind of stared her down and walked off smiling. Yeah, and I really liked it, but at the same time, the live crowd were kind of like, oh. And it came straight after the Nakamura Sami Zayn match where the crowd were just ridiculously crazy for it. I thought the uh, I thought the reaction was brilliant. I thought it was exactly what they needed because like it was. I mean, I've said this, and people have you know you you can sort of disagree with this one or another but it was the closest thing we've had since the Undertaker Brock Lesnar match that people have had sort of a genuine shocked reaction almost because they had no idea how to react because they like Asuka as you said um, so I really like that um, just to bring it back for one final point the whole reason I've sort of brought it back to the takeover is I thought Nakamura against Sami Zayn was absolutely fantastic based on that because we didn't really get a proper consensus how do you think Sami Zayn will do? Daryl, on the main roster. Sami Zayn. Yeah, um, Sami Zayn on the main roster. I don't think he's ever winning world title. Fair enough. That will be caught, right? And when he does win the world title, we'll put that <laughs> at the start of the show. Absolutely, but, yeah. Like, I don't think he's ever going to win world title. He'll be up there. Yep. He'll challenge for it a few times. But like, I don't I don't know. Like, I just think that now they've only got one world title and there's not two. It's just like you've got to be really selective on who you pick. And he's really good. But he just doesn't look really good. And I think you've got to kind of have both. I know you're going to say, well, Roman Reigns isn't good, but he kind of looks good. Oh, I think that's more important to but them sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah, think, I, I, think, I, I think they prefer, they look at the look and go, right, he's a star. Let's put the belt on him. Oh, he just happens to be a good wrestler. I think that's what they look for. Dan, quick as possible, what do you think? Uh, I think he's got a lot of upward potential. I mean, I mean, I can see him going on the same route as Daniel Bryan almost. I don't know whether he'll reach the same success, but he's definitely got that, like, it, the crowd can really relate to him um, he has got the potential to do that but it's whether they actually ever pull the trigger and we all know, with Daniel Bryan they wouldn't have pulled the trigger unless circumstances landed how they did so it'll be very much whether anything like that can happen for him but I do think he has that upward potential to be a big star I felt like until Monday I would have said definitely not now I think he's got the chance um, I think he's really good and I guess it just depends how they book him which Sounds like an obvious statement to make, so I'm going to end on that particular note. Um, just a quick reminder, facebook.com slash rollgrumble, uh, twitter.com slash rollgrumblepod. Email us if you want, rollgrumblepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Next week, something else. See you later. Bye. Darren Young and then this no name like literally the guy he didn't get any instruction Louis Garcia went oh and Darren Young's tag team partner and then they play the music right you're not going to believe it right he got a fucking car he's going to get fuck at him but he can't he's a real care like only time and players are back together mate prime time fucking players yes